0: Welcome back to Nerd Talk. I'm Jasmine, a pretty brown and nerdy, and I am here with gym leader, Nessa, number five hero, Miracle, Aniris Quinonez. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing very good. You know, taking it one step at a time um, during these quote unquote dark times, you know,
1: mm, yeah, <laughs> just
0: just yeah. trying to keep it pushing every day. I don't know what's going to happen. This year has been pretty much just, you know what? I'm just gonna sit here and wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like you're hoping it won't get worse, but you kind of know it will. Right. You hope. You know?
0: <laughs> it's like, let me just brace myself and sit back for the ride.
1: <laughs> yep, like relinquish control, do whatever, universe. I don't care.
0: Exactly. Um, well, first, you know, I'd like to start off with an introduction for you. Um, tell us a little
1: bit about yourself. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I am. And there is Uh I am a voice actress, mainly. Uh, I, as you said, I voice uh, Nessa and Merco, and also Harriet and Ruby. Um, I've been doing this for ten years, I guess I could say, but more professionally, I guess in the past couple years or so. And um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to do. You already covered all of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry I had to gas you up. I was like, "Yes, she's amazing. Everyone must know <laughs> from the jump what she's about."
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll come in with the strong ones, Nessa and Merka. Those are those are top-tier girls.
0: <laughs> well, how did you get into voice acting? Um were you working in any previous profession before? Um you started getting into voice acting?
1: Um well, I wasn't working in a previous profession because um, when I started, I was 12, Ooh, I want to wow. say. Yeah. I was, I was a baby. My profession was school. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, But I always loved acting growing up. Um, it was something I was very passionate about, something I always wanted to get into. But I was super shy and I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself, so I never really did theater or anything like that. Um, and... I I kind of practiced acting on my own and I used to print out scripts and such and practice that and eventually I fell into anime and anime kind of introduced me to voice acting in general, um, you know, because I always knew it was a thing because I watched cartoons and everything, but mm-hmm. I didn't recognize it as an actual art form. And um, I watched Fullmetal Alchemist Conquer Shambhala, hey. the A, hey, A, hey, you know the <laughs> one, and um, I watched a director's cut for uh, the commentary track and Laura Bailey was speaking and I love Laura Bailey so much. Oh, she's great. I love her. She is so amazing. I would give my life for her (laughs) 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 anyway. But, you know, she was talking about her process and discovering her lost voice. And, you know, I always, I guess at the time, I always figured that when you approach a character, you're thinking in terms of... You know, cookie cutter personalities. And Lust was sort of the seductive, sexy woman type, and that's how I figured that was done. But she was going on about how she went into how she expanded on that, mm-hmm. and how she made it more than just a voice. And it, it was very interesting that there was a whole process behind it. So, you know, I listened to that, and then afterwards, I just, I, I just became obsessed. With voice acting, I was like, I am going to practice all these voices and I'm going to treat it as a hobby. And I treated it as a hobby for years because, um, you know, the Internet existed. You could just go online and you could you could do whatever you wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. you could draw or you could write or whatever. You had a community that would help you learn and grow. Uh, and there was one for voiceover. So I, I learned and grew from there while doing school. And I always wanted to pursue it professionally, but I, I, I didn't live in, like, in Texas or L.A. at the time. I, Shoot, I lived between Florida and Georgia. I was, like, nowhere close to the entertainment industry, really. <laughs> uh, and, you know, eventually I, I got to the point where I was like, you know, I've been doing this for so long. Maybe I should start considering it more professionally. And... Um, and I got, gosh, I got a few opportunities to do it professionally. My first major one was uh, Kimono Friends, actually, uh, which is uh, Sound Cadence Studios. And mm-hmm. that was such a fun thing to do. Like, I got to do my first anime doing like a cute, high voice. And I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, just everything I wanted to do. <laughs> um, and I recorded that. And it was, it, like, I flew into Texas to do that. And it felt. Perfect. It felt like home. It felt exactly what I needed in life. And I kind of, you know, let go of the aspiration of, you know, finishing uh, school because I was in college at the time and let go of the whole idea of a nine to five because, you know, that wasn't exactly making me happy um, as much as acting was. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me see if I can make this work. And I worked to see if I could make it work. And, you know, the odds were in my favor. And here I am, I guess.
0: I tend to hear that a lot with us creatives. You know, it's just I don't think we'll ever find any structure in a nine to five. I feel like that puts us on edge, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of times. Like it's, it's even more stressful because... You know, I think we just have this mindset that we know that we're not cut out for those kind of things. We know that there's something more in life. Exactly. So that's that's really interesting to hear that sentiment uh, f- through everyone that I talk to, um, because that, that really opened a lot up for me to be like, wow. So, you know, I always thought I was kind of uh, crazy to think that, you know, like, you don't want stability. And it's like. You know, of course, we all strive for that eventually. But I feel like Mm -hmm. with a creative mind, we are always thinking in the back of our heads, you know, that we're meant for something greater. So we can't fall into that. So that is uh, really uh, affirming to hear you say that, too. Um, Oh,
1: yeah. Because for me, um, like I because I in school, I was I was the uh, straight A student. Right. I I was a good kid. I, I loved I loved being an overachiever. And so the whole the whole system of stability and, you know, graduating over to doing a 9 to 5 job, like that was very set in my mind. But, you know, when I did start doing 9 to 5 jobs, I I I was just always so frustrated. You know, mm-hmm. I would work it for maybe a few months and, you know, I would enjoy it and I would enjoy the idea of making a lot of money from something that felt organized and something that was consistent but you know sometimes I would try to do my creative stuff and I didn't have the energy for it and sometimes you know I I would want to like I think with Komodo friends in particular I was working um I was working a full-time job at a mental health facility which was incredibly draining and it was really hard for me to take the time off to even fly over to Texas uh Which is frustrating to me because, you know, I, yeah, I want the stable job that, you know, isn't something that I care about, but I also want to express myself creatively. Yeah. And, you know, eventually I just kind of figured, you know what, I, we'll see what I can make work. And I realized that in order to, I guess, make myself happy, I had to just let go of that entirely. Like, there was no way I could hold on to it.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And so um, what are some of the differences between acting on camera uh, versus voice acting?
1: Um, I didn't do too much on camera, although I will say I did a, a zombie film, this indie zombie film, um, <laughs> when I was living in Georgia. Uh, it never got released, but it was really fun. Uh, but I will say uh, on camera requires... Um, more of awareness of all everything right you need mm-hmm. to be aware of what you're doing with your voice what you're doing with your body your facial expressions that, that you, like, you need to be so in tune with that um, and it also encourages rehearsal way more than uh, voiceover I think because voiceover um, not that you don't have the opportunity to do like, multiple takes but you, know, you usually don't get a script beforehand for most projects that you're a part of you just walk in and you, you, you do cold reading essentially. Um, so everything with voiceover is very on the spot. So it's, it's all cold reading there. Whereas in, uh, on camera or theater, you know, you have more of an opportunity to study and, um, and gauge, you know, the material that you're working with, uh, which I, I think makes both professions very interesting in their own right. Mm-hmm. But, um, Those are the only differences I can think of, really.
0: So I know you say um, voiceover work requires a lot of, uh, it's more on the spot. Um, But in Mm -hmm. your downtime, do you have any practice or warm-up techniques that you utilize?
1: No, I'm a bad
0: bad voice actor. (laughs) Um, don't say that
1: <laughs> well no because every teacher that you have will be like do do warm-ups and I'm like yeah I don't do warm-ups I don't I the only time I do warm-ups is if I if it, if it's an early morning session I will do a warm-up okay or if I took a nap before my session because because usually um, like my voice takes a while to wake up it'll take maybe a few hours to wake up uh and especially if it's something that requires my higher range I need to make sure that my voice is awake so if you know if 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 it's either of those circumstances I will do scales but otherwise I I literally am just like okay well here I am.
0: You're like we're going in. <laughs> Let's do <We're>, this. <laughs> we're
1: hoping for the best. It, it works for me. But hey, anyone listening, don't take my advice. <laughs> do whatever works for you. I uh, teachers would get so mad at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you found what works for you, and I think that's that's what matters. Because at the end, you get the job done, and you sound amazing. So
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you. I try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I know you rarely do. Uh, warm-up techniques but as far as like when you get a new character how do you do any preparation for the role do you study the character or um if you're already familiar with it the character do you kind of just go in and you're like okay like for instance if you know it's an anime that had a manga that you read and you're familiar with the character's personality do you are are you kind of like okay I can just go in here and I, I have a feel of what the character's like or do you like to do a bit more prep?
1: I actually do more prep with uh, characters. I I think I've started doing more in-depth character studies uh, this year, actually. Um, But beforehand, I used to, like, I was, like, uh, checking out what I'm doing. See, it's weird because I'm mixing up, like, okay, the online stuff that I've done, which is more indie games and such, where it's Mm -hmm. not as professional, but then you have the more professional Stuff, so, I'll focus on the professional stuff, I guess. Um, in terms of that, I I always like to check out what it is first. Um, mm-hmm. And with Pokemon and My Hero, I was familiar with both. You know, Well, Pokemon, I was kind of familiar. I was familiar with Pokemon in general, but I wasn't familiar with the Twilight Wings series, so I did watch the episodes that were out beforehand for that. Um, so, you know, I'll usually watch uh, whatever material is available or read whatever material is available. Um, and I like to take, like, I like to do a little character profile, like Mm -hmm. channeling my writing skills and just, you know, go into the character's mentality, you know, their background, their upbringing, what brought them to this point, what are their motivations? Um, and the very, very, very rare cases that I get the script beforehand. I like to go, um, line by line, and just, you know, be like, okay, why are they saying this? And I will go into this whole tangent, this whole overthinking tangent, it's probably because I'm a Virgo, (laughs) about, you know, what, why they are saying this, and, you know, it may, it may be accurate, it may not be accurate, but it, it lets me shift into their personality more, and understand them more intimately, so that when I do have my session, I can slip into it, way more easily and make more informed decisions without overthinking as much because I find that before I started doing this I found that I I I would make very automatic decisions and it would just be like pure cold reading right Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: now that I've started implementing uh these more informed decisions I'm able to just capture characters much more quicker than I used to uh and, it, and it's great because, you know, I could use what I understand with the character uh, or what I understand of the character and also use what, you know, the director obviously knows about the character. And we can get into this whole um, nice little collaborative environment, uh, which is amazing. That's probably one of my favorite things about voiceover, honestly.
0: So I know voicing NASA and Pokemon Twilight ring, Wings, um, you know, this is a character that has no previous reference other than the games, you know, Pokemon Sword mm-hmm. and Shield. So so I think it's safe to say that some of those methods were applied. Um, how was it like finding that voice for her?
1: You know, she was actually kind of a hard voice to figure out because I basically I figured out the voice in the audition uh, and I had the reference for her Japanese voice. And I I wasn't sure what to do with it because I was like, okay, well, should I go higher or lower? And and I kind of decided on something more, honestly, she's probably one of the few characters that's actually really close to my natural range Mm. Uh, because my other characters are like more deeper or higher, Mm, but, um, and I remember playing with her lines, playing with her younger character lines because I got to do young Nessa in the audition as well, so. I was working backwards in a sense Uh, and I would listen to the Japanese and I'm like, okay, the Japanese is doing this kind of Hime vibe. Mm -hmm. She's not a Hime character, but let me see if I can grab influence from that and then work with that and then also understand, you know, her motivation there in the audition lines. And I eventually found this, this balance that worked for Nessa, um, I remember uh, the client had said that I sounded very cool, which I wasn't going for that, but I guess I guess she ended up being a very cool character. Um, very calm and collected, for sure.
0: Um, yeah, I honestly feel Nessa is kind of uh, some person that I inspired to be. <laughs> Even um, playing through the game, it, it was interesting uh, watching Twilight Wings, because when playing the game, she... Exactly comes off like that, you know, cool, calm, and collected. Like she, mm-hmm. you know, has it together, and she she is that girl. <laughs> like she knows she is, and she, she knows. knows it. Um, mm-hmm. But it was interesting watching Twilight Wings because you get a little bit of her backstory, and to know that you know she didn't always feel that way, and I thought that was super relatable. And the voice that you brought to her, um, it it, it kind of humanized her in a way for me, you know, because it's like okay, here is this. Uh, character who um, really wants to make it in the world, you know, as a trainer and, you know, become an iconic uh, person within the realm. And, mm-hmm. you know, here's the mayor's kind of wanting her to be like a model. And it's like, yeah, just go model. That's you should probably stick to that, you know, and just to kind of see her struggles and, you know, learn a bit about her childhood too, going back. Um, that was uh, just it, it was Mostly, I think I can say, yeah, that was probably my favorite episode to watch,
1: and um, it's a very good episode. I know. Yeah. Like when so I good. watched it, when I watched it, um, I was, I was in love. Like I was like, oh my gosh, why did I get the most beautiful episode? to voice <laughs> in? It's so good. Um, no, I, I see. Ness is a character I relate to in the sense that, you know, I have multiple aspirations in my life, and I think everyone does, but you know. i i I guess some people some people are content just doing one thing in life but then there's some people who want to do more things in life i think that's something creatives encounter more often than not Mm -hmm. and um you know sometimes it's a struggle to maintain multiple professions uh For me, my main thing is voiceover. Most people know me for voiceover, but I also like to write, and I also like to sing. And writing is something that, you know, I've considered a very important profession to me, but it's also not as thriving as my voiceover. So it's like, oh, well, you know, there's always a, there's an imbalance of careers, and it's just trying to make sure that you are satisfied in everything that you do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And also the fact that she's, she, like the waters are home you could tell like she feels so comfortable in the water and that's something i always loved like me growing up i lived in florida i i freaking love the water so much <laughs> and i used to spend hours in the pool and just sitting by the water so she was a character that i guess felt very close to me and i guess it was way more easier for me to connect with her and to expand on her for sure um and I'm happy that, you know, with this episode, she was able to, you know, be more than she was in the game and, you know, be more of a person because I feel like she didn't really get that chance to be enjoyed yeah. um, with upon the game's release, you know, with all the controversy and everything for sure.
0: Yeah. And um you kind of went into this this is one of my later questions but I wanted to go ahead and go into it since you brought it up um but yeah you are multi-talented so um <laughs> you're a musician and a writer as well um uh talk a little bit about that so uh what uh music do you find that you are interested in and created the most like what different genres do you play around with and uh for writing as well
1: um Gosh, in terms of singing, that that I keep more as a hobby slash skill that is useful for voiceover and just myself basically. <laughs> um I I love jazz though. I love jazz. Uh I always wanted to get into doing uh jazz cover arrangements because I, I'm not really the I don't think I would ever make music myself. Um just because I, I don't really play music, but I, I do love singing. I've always loved singing. So um, I would definitely want to work on jazz arrangements or make make kind of musical theatery song. For Are you sure. a persona
0: fan by any chance?
1: I am. I do love you, how do you feel
0: about the soundtrack of P5? It's very jazzy. Oh, I love
1: <laughs> Lynn so much. I love Lynn so much. She has this beautiful voice. And oh my gosh. It, like I remember when Persona 5 came out, I was like, I want to cover this song and this song and this song and this song. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was ridiculous.
0: Oh, it's so great.
1: <laughs> yeah. And as for um, um, writing as
0: well, uh, do you dabble in a little fantasy or what do you like to write?
1: I I love fantasy for sure. I I become I've started enjoying writing multiple genres. I think the only thing you probably couldn't get me to write is science fiction because I that something about that genre just bores me. <laughs> not not even just in um, writing it, but just like even acting in it or or um <laughs> or watching it, it's like I'm not into this. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: that's uh Um, very interesting too because you you often hear the opposite with a lot of people so i'm actually uh that's that's very interesting to hear because uh usually a lot of people love sci-fi but um do you you feel like it can also be a little overwhelming at times too because um especially the stories uh tend to be very deep in lore and i often feel like i have to do extra research to fully understand what's going on
1: (laughs) yeah no for sure um and, gosh, you would think that fantasy is, like, the same in that case, too. But I guess because fantasy, it, it will very often show or tell you things, so you don't really have to look too deep into it. But sci-fi kind of an- expects you to know some things already. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I don't even want to get into it. I'm getting stressed out. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah, just just thinking Star about right it right is, like, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, my God. Like I'm, like, I'm thinking about, like, oh Star Trek has great characters, right? But, gosh, like, every time they try to explain something, I'm like, huh? What
0: What is that one meme with the (laughs) equations in the background? Just like, what? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is me. That is me. Like... Because, like, I think the only sci-fi thing I can kind of handle is Doctor Who. But even sometimes I, like, sometimes I will, like, completely tap out. Yeah. And I'll come back in and I'll be like, what are... That's what what I
0: was about to say. I was like, I can handle Doctor Who in, like, small doses and come back. I could never marathon through, like, an entire season of
1: Doctor Who. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) no. Um, gosh, yeah, no, I... Yeah, for me though, fantasy is a uh, my big thing, um, but I also like just I guess writing more slice of life. I'm saying slice of life like anime stuff, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but I, I I like um I, yeah I I I consider myself more of a character writer. I love exploring characters more than anything, um, which is why I guess voice acting was more of a natural thing for me because it's just like shifting over to writing characters and mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I love to spend time on that. I wrote for a couple games, a couple of visual novels uh, a few years back. Um, One was this war fantasy supernatural visual novel where this guy, he's in Japan, and I guess there was this whole, gosh, I'm trying to remember, it's been such a long time, there was this whole war going on, there was killing A bunch of Japanese citizens and he was there and he was with this girl who had magic and they were fighting and then eventually it ended with well I probably won't get into spoilers but but anyways (laughs) (laughs) that that was a weird one though because that that was something I didn't come up with I was writing someone else's idea which was the first time I ever uh, did ghostwriting before and it was it was interesting it was it was fun for sure uh, stressful because we had to do that in a month, but you know it was nice. And then afterwards, we wrote um, or I wrote a uh, uh, more of a slice of life, slight supernatural visual novel where uh, it's about three characters, and one of the characters is with cancer, and the sister um is worried about him, as well as the player character. And you know they just try to figure out what they're going to do with this last week that they have together, um, and you know it eventually gets into the uh, into ghosts and everything because it turns out that the sister is a ghost, and so they eventually try to figure out how to help her move on, um, and that never came out sadly, but it was um, mm-hmm. that was really fun to write. That sounds so interesting. I would love to <laughs> get into that, like. <laughs>
0: It's always so disappointing too when you hear that. It's like, oh wow, that sounds awesome. Oh, it never launched. Oh damn. Yeah, <laughs> oh.
1: that's that's how it is, right? Yeah, Just, right. Like, oh. <laughs> like, dang it, why is it always the good things, right? Oh man.
0: Well, it's exciting to know that you're voicing Yuriko from My Hero Academia. Um, ah, that girls. is actually one of my all-time favorite characters. So I was like, yes, this is perfect casting.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad you love that. I love her so much. I. Gosh, I wanted her for ages. I think like not initially when everyone started talking about her. I, when everyone was talking about her, say January or February, I was like, "Oh, yeah, she seems cool." Mm-hmm. And then somebody brought up the the um. I guess somebody was talking about how oh she has um, she has Spanish attack names, and it's like oh she's Afro Latina, and I'm like, "Huh? Hello? Right? Hi, like
0: perfect." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I love her so and much. And I love so. how you
0: seem to be drawn to, like, bunny characters, too, because then you have, like, Harriet, <laughs> and now it's musical, and it's like, just play all the bunny girls, please.
1: <laughs> I really want to at this point. You know, I remember seeing a lot of people making jokes, because I think everyone was doing fan castings back a few months back, and they were like, oh, man, um... They should get this person, this person. What if they put an heiress? And it's like, what? She already voices a bunny character. Although I guess that would be interesting. But no, she can't voice two bunny characters. And I'm like, Yeah, I can't voice two bunny characters. Right. It's
0: like the hell I can't <laughs> <laughs> And what was it like getting cast for that, you know? Because um I know uh for NDA purposes we won't kind of get into the whole like situation of that, but I mean, um, just how did that feel to know that you're getting such a big role, especially with um, My Hero is kind of like at its height right now in the anime world. It's like you know one of the Amy. top animes at the moment. So, so what was that whole process like for you to, you know, kind of get into that?
1: Oh my gosh, I, because I, I was already a fan of My Hero because mm-hmm. My Hero is like the only currently airing anime that i keep up with yeah uh i've just kind of fallen not not that i don't watch anime but i don't watch it as much as i used to yeah um so you know the fact that when i got the audition i i, I cried i cried and i had never cried from anything related to voiceover before um like, never, never. Because I'm like, I would just get excited, right? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm voicing Nessa. Or I'm in Ruby. Ah, excitement. But I never <laughs> cried. And something about getting that audition was just so humbling to me. And, gosh, I feel like I'm going to get emotional right now. I can't do this. But anyways. <laughs> I wish I could hug you from uh, the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so emotional lately. Um, no, but, uh, no, My Hero. Gosh, like, I love My Hero so much. And... I don't read the manga for it because I keep to my anime dub because I just keep it simple. (laughs) Um, But I didn't know about Mirko, and I knew how popular she was. And I honestly didn't think I would get the audition at all um, because I I I really started making a name for myself, I guess, this year more than any other time. Um, And when I did, I just cried because... Wow this is such a big character this is such a big opportunity I and and not only such a big opportunity it's a big opportunity that I really want because I something about Mirka always I always felt drawn to her and I felt I always felt confident with her I guess so it was like oh well if I don't waste her then it's gonna hurt, you know? Yeah. And, and I guess every, every voice actor would say that if I vo- don't voice this character, if I don't voice in this show, it's gonna hurt. But I, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm not normally the type to get that attached. So it was, it was strange how attached I was to her. Um, and booking her uh, and getting to be her was incredibly surreal. Incredibly, incredibly surreal. And I still, I still can't believe that I'm in the show. That i you know i used i used to watch like while working at my stupid anime store when I used to work in an anime store like i, I can't believe that um you know it, it just shows that life will change, and oh yeah yeah ah, I'm it, getting it, it yeah <laughs> it's just it's so
0: weird, you know, like you said, it's like you never know it's like you think of where you were at one point and to see where you are now it's like wow life come at comes at you fast, like this is. <laughs> so surreal
1: (laughs) yeah and I guess that's what everything that role was like the culmination of everything that I'd done so far I guess you know like not my peak I don't think but you know or I hope not (laughs) but I I I do think it's um it was just this it was just incredibly humbling I felt incredibly blessed with that role and just super excited you know
0: and I think it means a lot to uh, you know many people especially like uh you know Black anime fans, because for me, you know, when I see brown characters in anime, I'm always like, oh, is the voice actor black? Like, do do you get a black voice actor? (laughs) Because um, for me, you know, diversity is is so important in every aspect of the entertainment industry. And diversity in voice acting has been a topic that's come up recently and the importance of having black uh, voice actors uh, voicing black characters and as an afro latina how has your experience been navigating through this profession um because to see you voicing Miracle, i think was even more exciting for me because i'm i'm like yeah it it is really great to see not only a black voice actress but an afro latina like out here doing the thing like killing it is <laughs> It's just uh, it, it it means a lot, and you know, especially I'm um, seeing Zeno and what he's doing with Hawks and um, mm-hmm. now in Fire Force. I just feel like uh, this is only the beginning, you know. And and so, what it, what has that been like in your experience navigating through voice acting, you know, as an Afro Latina?
1: You know, before I because I mentioned I you know I've been into this since I was twelve. Um, Mm -hmm. I was always very aware of how white cast lists were when I was growing up. Um, And I was very afraid of pursuing this professionally because, you know, not for any reason, like, I'm a bad actor or anything. I didn't doubt my abilities, but I I doubted that the industry would be fair towards me as a person of color. Not Mm -hmm. only me having my very Spanish name, but also me being black as well uh and you know I wasn't Yeah, there's no I I can't even think of an Afro-Latina industry especially when I was growing up like you know it's just like non-existent for the most part um so you're you're trudging you're trudging into uncharted territory and you're kind of hoping that your talent will be enough and I think that that fear of not succeeding because of the color of my skin drove me to work 10 times harder. Yeah. Um, You know, I was always uh, constantly working, uh, you know, odd hours all the time. Like, Oh, you need something for me in a few hours. Okay. Got it done. You know, like I, I was just doing the most constantly. And, you know, even when, even when I booked my first anime, you know, it was just this thought of, okay, I got this, but how long will it take for the next role to come? Will I ever get the next role? You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the constant fear that I still have, you know, um, with finishing Nessa, it's like, oh, is this just going to be my big one-time thing? And then that's it, you know? Cause I feel like that happens a lot when you see, a uh, people of color in the voiceover industry, you'll see them voice, uh, you know, a couple major roles, and then they kind of fall off the deep end, and, you know, you you don't know why. Um, Yeah. So, um, it's incredibly important to me, uh, for sure. Diversity has always been incredibly important, and I think uh, making sure that this is a, that the industry is a space where everyone can succeed as long as you are talented and professional, I think that is something that, you know, everyone especially uh, people of color in this industry uh, endeavor to do you know we want to make it an even playing field for everyone um, so yeah I, I only hope that things will get better I, I have a feeling that they will I feel like with Black Lives Matter this year being more relevant uh, and with you know all the recent success of people like myself Zeno and Danny Chambers and uh, Kai Jordan actually recently in Pokemon Twilight Wings Uh, you know seeing all that I feel like that gives more for a conversation Uh, a conversation that has always been much needed honestly for sure Uh, and also gives room for you know more of us to take the mic you know and show what we got because you know a lot of us have been working at this forever and we just haven't had our shot you
0: know yeah Exactly. And I, I think um, not just for, you know, voice actors who are, you know, around our age, but I think even uh, young aspiring voice actors on Twitter. And I, I that's one thing I appreciate about how vocal you and and the other additional voice actors are about this is because, um, you know, to see that if I were someone seeing that, that would be a huge motivation for me to, to continue on. Um, that's why I, I, in my industry, you know, I try to be a voice for that as well, for change. Um, because I, I don't want any, anyone to feel like they can't try to aspire or aspire to make it in this industry or in voice acting because of the color of their skin, or they don't feel like, you know, there'll be enough. Um, exactly. So I, I really appreciate that, regardless, you both continue to be so vocal on Twitter about it, um, yeah. because I know someone is is seeing that, and they're thinking, wow, okay, I'm not going to give up, or I'm not going to stop, you know, trying to make it out here, because here are voice actors uh, openly having that conversation, and that, that's, that can be... Uh, that can be refreshing to see for a lot of people cuz you know often especially in entertainment sometimes you know it's like oh I don't want to talk too much or I feel like I should be quiet you know because I don't I'm you know afraid of getting blacklisted or you know uh, whatever
1: yeah. Exactly.
0: Um so um, so to kind of uh be fearless in that sense um I I respect that a lot.
1: Yeah. And I think that's I think that's something that a lot of us um a lot of the, us black voice actors are fearful of, we're afraid of being blacklisted, not only just, you know, professionally, but I think aspiring as well. For me, I've i have always been kind of vocal about it, um, you know, not that I was super popular back then, but I think I remember I would make these Twitter threads complaining about how there weren't black voice actors, you know, working, mm-hmm. and then I would have some directors replying to me saying, well, there's not a lot... I mean, there's none, there's no voice actors living here, black voice actors living here. People need to move, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I don't know because you're telling me this. But now that I'm in the industry, I'm like, no, you do have black voice actors. You're right. just not giving them space. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I think... The the number one thing I've noticed in regards to this conversation of diversity is that nobody wants to have the conversation, and a lot of people just love to get defensive and they love to explain everything away, you know, like oh, like this casting decision happened because blank, 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 and it's like, okay, well, you're you're not giving you're not listening from one,
0: yeah, and you're
1: not giving enough space to have a dialogue, which is what we need because obviously there's something. I don't want to say that uh, it's systemic, but there is something wrong with how every studio is doing things. Because you know, somehow we in this in this profession, where voice and talent is the only thing that is supposed to matter, somehow the majority is white talent, and that doesn't make sense. You know, like you know, if if it is truly a an open Profession for anyone, and you'd be seeing more diversity, but somehow we're not. And I think that's something that requires a discussion with everyone with directors, with casting directors, with um, clients, with voice actors, and everyone. But, you know, it's just pushing to have that dialogue. And I, and I do think we have more space now, um, this year more than ever. Oh, yeah. But before, I think there was a lot of, oh, this person's complaining.
0: Uh yeah, it was it was kind of very uh swept under the rug, I, I feel. Yeah. And so yeah, this uh, this year I think has been a, a lot of opportunities, um not just in voice acting but in games as well. Like a lot of yeah. conversations are, are finally happening. Um and I hope that they'll only continue. Um well after 2020, you know, after this uh, dumpster fire of a year is is long (laughs) gone and past. I hope, um, you know, we we still continue to uh, have the progress that we've seen, (laughs) you know, and it only could be better, you know, from there. Um, But recently, um, you know, uh, I also, you had said um, that you had voiced in a couple of games, um, and I know um, you voiced a character in a visual novel game, Heart of the Woods. Um, Mm -hmm. How was it like uh, being able to work on the game? And uh, do you see yourself uh, working on any other games in the future? Maybe even AAA, would you be interested in working on any uh, AAA titles, maybe?
1: Um, Well, in regards to Heart of the Woods, uh, that was actually really fun. I I think that I got to do that after I had moved to Texas. And it was my first time in a while that I got to play with my higher range, because especially recently, um, it's if I ever get cast for anything, it's my deeper range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very much the Mirko types or the, or the Harriet types, for sure. Um, so getting to play this super high voice fairy character was really nice, you know? <laughs> um, uh, that's the nice thing I like about uh, doing indie work. I can experiment with character types and ranges that I wouldn't normally experiment with in a professional setting, just because professional settings, like, they typecasts typecast a little bit too much. Um, but it was really fun to do. It was super, super fun to do. Uh, the developer is amazing. Um, in regards to AAA games, uh, absolutely. Uh, I've always said that I wanted to have a career like Laura Bailey. And Laura Bailey's career, you know, she started off with anime, and then branched into animation and now AAA games. So that, that is something I very much want. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, when I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've recently realized that in terms of uh, voice acting, I like, I enjoy doing anime, but even more than anime, I enjoy doing prelay and video games. And I haven't had the chance to do any big titles in video games other than Smite, but I I do think I like starting from scratch, um, way 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 more than you know working with a reference and then mm, yeah. having to do the whole three beeps ADR thing. <laughs> uh, which is fun, but um, I definitely aspire to get more into original forms of uh, character voice acting, for sure. In your
0: experience, um, what do you feel is the main difference in smaller versus larger productions?
1: Um, smaller, mm, I'd say... Time. Time to do things, for sure. I feel like... In regards to smaller productions, there's a lot more leeway uh, and even more more room for collaboration. Not saying that you wouldn't have room for collaboration with professional productions, but I feel like if you're doing, say, you know, a visual novel, a college animation or something, I feel like you can have more of a discussion with the director and they'll be able to implement it because, you know, everything... You're kind of on the same level. There's no power dynamics per se. Mm. Um, And, you know, usually they have a lot of time to work with things. You know, I've seen... I've worked on some games that have taken years to come out. Or, you know, I've worked on some animations that took, like, maybe a couple weeks. But, you know, you still had some time. Like it, It varies, but I feel like you can play more take more time with those things whereas in professional productions it's very it's a very quick turnaround uh, especially with anime uh with the simul simulcasts dubs in particular uh you know you have a week to do everything you know you have a week to do the writing the casting the voicing all that stuff and um it's it's crazy crazy fast mm-hmm. um so i guess those are the main differences I, I don't know. It, it always varies from production to production, I think.
0: Yeah, I think uh that, that is definitely something that can be a factor as well. Um, everyone works differently, so you never quite really know what you're going to be in for. Um, mm-hmm. But especially I know now um, I've seen, you know, a lot of voice actors are working remote or setting up their makeshift booths in their closets yeah. or <laughs> albeit. Um, so how have you been... Uh, working through this pandemic um I are you doing any uh well you don't have to say exactly what you're doing but are you working remote (laughs) and um how how has it been uh trying to uh get through that whole dynamic right now
1: I am working remotely uh thank god uh I you know this wasn't too much of an inconvenience for me honestly because I was already doing work from home anyways mm-hmm. not for professional productions but you know I, I was doing uh, you know work for indie games and other smaller productions so it wasn't an inconvenience because I, I had a mic and I had an interface and I had everything here um, it was only a matter of oh is this broadcast quality I don't know yeah <laughs> Uh, but you know uh engineers have said that you know my my stuff works and it's like oh okay cool Um,
0: (laughs) that has to be like the best compliment when they're like oh yeah yeah your stuff's good it's broadcast level it's like whoa really
1: (laughs) you're sure okay okay? (laughs) Um, like if it was up to them I'm sure they would rather me come into the studio but like they were like oh this is you, you know what this is like like you are so clear like I we've spoken to people where we can't understand them at all and it's like really dang (laughs) I I, I guess I didn't have to spend too much money I'm glad (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I'm not even working out of a whisper room I'm working out of a little makeshift closet studio
0: wow uh, that's that's awesome
1: (laughs) yeah well I had it set up for a while and it was just like adding I think I had to add um, vinyl mass
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, just to make sure that... Because what I'm most worried about when it comes to this little studio space is the fact that it doesn't have double walls like yeah. a whisper room would usually have. So I get worried about outside noise. And so my little solution was like, okay, well, let me put vinyl mass, which was amazing. I, like I was surprised at how well it worked. And then, you know, add fabric and... Uh, foam and oh, it's y'all like, oh, taking it's notes <laughs> yeah hey I got you <laughs> um well, it, you know it's pretty pretty cheap to do but I've seen people who are working just straight up out of their closet I don't even think they have any foam or anything up they just have their clothes up around them and they're recording in the small space which I couldn't do I'm like looking at these people's setups like oh no I would die from the heat right I would feel like, doesn't it get hot in there
0: Jeez. oh yeah
1: well you know what it gets hot in my setup so imagine a smaller space right like I couldn't <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could not it's like literally it's like turns from a makeshift voice booth to like a, a little sauna <laughs> literally. Like,
1: literally literally Oh my gosh! The thing is, right? Because um, I'm in, I'm with my parents during all this uh, this whole pandemic, and so I'm in Florida, and it is like a hundred. It, it's gone up to like a hundred degrees, like at ten a.m. Oh, for no reason. I don't know why you're going to be up at a hundred degrees at ten a.m. But for some reason, you want to be like that. And every time I have sessions to do during the day, I'm just suffering because it is so hot, like. I, I literally just have, like... Because I have to turn off my fan because it's too noisy. Yeah. And I... I You know, I, I, I'm I sitting in... I'm here in the booth, ready to record. And, like, five minutes in, I want to die. <laughs> because it's just too hot. I can only imagine. Um,
0: because I'm in Texas and it's, like, literally 100. But I'm from Miami. Oh and so I know that it's humid. And hot. Mm-mm. So, like, all of that combined? Oh, no.
1: No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I... Gosh, I had to go outside uh, yesterday to run some errands. And I, I, like, apparently it was 85, but I swear it must have been like 110 because, you know, it was just too hot. I mm-hmm. couldn't. I couldn't.
0: And I had to be out all
1: day. It's the
0: worst. So I know you've uh, kind of uh, gave some tips uh, about creating makeshift booths.
1: Yeah. But um,
0: <laughs> I have some other uh, questions regarding aspiring voice actors and, you know, what they should kind of look out for. So what should they focus on when pursuing a career in voice acting? I know you said you look to forms and um, other resources on the internet, but wh- what were some of the resource that you, resources that you felt were most beneficial?
1: Um, hmm. For Well, for me, whenever, when it comes to giving out advice, my number one thing that I love to push on people all the time is that you need to make sure you're passionate. Because I think a lot of people get into voiceover in particular with the idea that they are going to be the next Goku on Dragon Ball Z. And, you know, there's no you there's no guarantee that you will get to where you want to be. So you kinda have to relinquish control. Mm. And so you just have to focus on having fun. Um I think theater was really helpful for me when I did take it because I think I ended up taking it a few years after I started uh, voice acting. And I think that was very monumental for me to understand uh, diction more, to understand improv more, improv, which you use actually so much in voiceover, uh, and also understanding characters more. Um, Theater was super helpful, uh, and I think... I think taking the time to study other performances helps a lot too. Mm. Uh, for me, I love to like I would I would notice performances that I found very interesting or performances that uh, or performances and things that I wanted to be in. Right, like say I wanted to be in the Legend of Korra, and I would listen to Cora's, or Janet Janet Varney's yeah, mm-hmm. Jan- Janet Varney's uh, performances. Cora. And I'm like, oh, she you know her voice is down here. And she's doing these certain inflections. And I listen and maybe try to imitate, Not, but not with the purpose of trying to be her, just with the purpose of understanding her performance. Um, and I think taking that time to study really helps. Uh, and now that I think about it, I think if you do stuff like D&D, that's really helpful too. It's, it's just taking every opportunity you can to act, I think. That's really what it is. Like, practice makes better. Not perfect, but better. mm
0: and uh, what are some tools that you feel have helped you? I know, um, for example, in my industry, you know, it's like it might be UE four or some type of software. Are there mm-hmm. is there anything to to that extent in voice acting?
1: Um, like resources? Yeah,
0: like resources, kind of like uh, that you would record with, or you yeah. know, uh, what type of mics are. Uh, you know of better quality or might not break the bank <laughs> if you can't afford like a more expensive mic but but what are some of the tools and equipment that you feel uh were really useful to you starting out
1: um gosh when I started out I started off with a rock band mic <laughs> like I, I like I I it was like USB it's a mic oh the the computer recognizes it perfect um like, that's, you know, that's the most inexpensive way, I guess. But honestly, if you wanted to keep it low-budget, I would go with Blue Yeti mic. I used that for years, and it served me super well. Um, yeah, I, w- I would I would, definitely recommend that. Uh, and because it's a USB mic, you don't need to get an interface with it. Um, and, you know, make sure you have a computer. Um
0: and that's pretty course, much it. Uh, yeah, that's
1: pretty much it. Audacity. Uh, that's yeah. a free program that is super great for recording. I never used it because, uh, you know, I just so happen to have a copy of Adobe Audition and I use that. And I'm married to that. Like, I would literally never Adobe use it. Adobe Audition else. is so good. Yeah, it's so <laughs> I good. I use that for like,
0: podcast editing. I'm like, wow, I can't see myself using anything else.
1: <laughs> no, it, the multi track and just being able to move everything so easily and edit everything so easily, you can't do anything with audacity. You really can't. Uh -uh. And, And I just... I I applaud anyone who uses it because I can't every time I have to use it temporarily because I don't have it on a, like, I don't have Adobe audition on it. If I don't have Adobe audition on a computer, I'll have to get audacity and then I'll use audacity. I'm like, this is trash. Why, why, what is this? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like,
0: it's a temporary, uh, program, but then when you can afford to make the jump to audition and I know like now, um, Adobe, they'll either have like month to month, or where you like just uh, rent it for a year. I wish you could just buy the programs now. That's the one yeah. thing that I'm sad about is that they took away just like buying the program one time. I know. Um, but I yeah, know. if you can afford to like rent it, uh, some most of the time they'll come in packages where it's like Premiere and other pieces of software for like what twenty twenty bucks a month.
1: Something like that. Yeah. Uh,
0: but um, if you can, yeah. um, definitely recommend it.
1: <laughs> I also, I, I haven't used it personally, but I do know it's industry standard. Uh, in terms of getting something like Adobe Audition, that is, that you just do a one-time fee. If you get Pro Tools, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know, if, I think it's available for Windows. I know it's available for Mac, I'm not sure Windows, but uh, Pro Tools basically does everything that, adobe audition does i don't know to what extent because i haven't used it but it's pretty good and everyone in the industry uses it like every engineer uses it so they seem crazy Pro so, tools
0: <laughs> so when you're crafting um a demo reel do you uh have a uh someone outside source make your demo reel or do you make your own demo reels and do you try to uh include like a I know for for most people they'll say, "Oh, I want to include like the most uh, iconic things that I've done." But also, do you feel like it's important to also include like uh, roles that really showcase your versatility in your demo you, roles?
1: You know, when you're first starting out, what you're most likely to do is work on a demo yourself. Uh, whether or not it's good is you know subjective. Um, I, I think when you're first starting out, though. It's not a bad idea to do a demo. Just don't send it out to somebody like animation or, you know, something more professional because it's not going to be industry standard and you're just going to get ignored, basically, and make a bad first impression. But it is good for indie games or online uh, jobs that you do, I think. Um, And when you do demos for that, you know, I think a lot of people love to show off their range in demos, And I think if you have range, it's not a bad thing to show off. But more than anything, the most important thing is acting and being able to uh, set up a scene that's, you know, five, ten-second intervals that you have per spot. Um, So you want to show off your emotional range more than anything. And you want to show off uh, character archetypes that fit your voice. And fit the characters that are in your wheelhouse, essentially. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think a trap for me when I first started out is that you know I had all these characters in mind that I want to that I, I wanted to voice characters that I thought I would be good at voice at good at voicing. Um, and you know the acting was good, but I think I focused so much on the voice, on the on having multiple voices that I wasn't able to have very grounded uh, real in terms of emotional acting because I think I think all of the uh, spots were just super, uh, super dramatic. Yeah. So there was nothing like super funny or nothing more grounded. It was just all dramatic, dramatic, dramatic. It it's just like, ah, well, can you do like w- what if they're looking for something else? You know, what if they would just want to hear you um, do a little funny bit? So, you know, for sure you want to focus on. Um, your emotions, uh, showing off uh, emotional range and then focus on character archetypes and when you're ready uh, when you feel like you understand your your character archetype super well and you understand uh, and you feel like you're a strong enough actor uh, look out or reach out to studios uh, like Sound Cadence Studios or Starman Studios uh, you can get a demo produced with them I think Starman is the cheaper between the two, but I use Sound Cadence for mine.
0: Thank you so much, Anaris. I really appreciate you coming on. And where can we all find you?
1: You can find me mainly on Twitter at Anaris underscore Q. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at the same uh, username. And you can find me on Facebook, Anaris Kionis. I think it has voice actress attached to it. So I have a little page there and Yeah. And otherwise, you can find me on my website, which is anirisq.com.
0: Thank you so much, Aniris. And thank you to everyone listening. And you can find me on all social platforms under Pretty Brown and Nerdy. And thank you for listening to Nerd Talk. Bye-bye.